Hey, baby, sorry, I gotta go. Uh, I gotta go podcast and make some money. Oh, hey, Ty, sorry, I didn't notice you there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm glad you're multitasking, um, linking and building with both LP and me, Eric. That is true. Life partner is in it for life because uh, let's just say I'm the breadwinner and I ain't talking herbs and cheese. Hey. I oh. also I also get girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You ever like post on Instagram like or a Snapchat story in your case of like a meal and then like somebody like replies to your story or, or like whatever and is like, yo bro, like where is this? And then do you ever feel like reluctant to tell them? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Mine like it's it's the um human instinct to hoard absolutely and, and keep to oneself to be greedy that's why mm-hmm. i'm always like could i get some more lettuce just a little <laughs> bit more lettuce that's exactly why you want just a little bit more black olive um mm-hmm. but yeah i have like such a hesitancy to share where I'm, what i'm doing with people because you know like not gonna lie like this shit kind of personal to me bro like like this is my spot like i'm not gonna blow up my spot for you like, you didn't even want it until you saw that I went there. No kidding. Yeah. Like, go do your own research, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> do your exactly. own research. Go on Facebook. Yeah. Do your own research. Uh, mm-hmm. I totally get that. And I, I, I think there's something, I think it was friend of the pod, Chris Black once said something about uh, there's a magic in keeping something tucked away behind the curtain to be revealed again mm-hmm. in the future. If you show mm-hmm. your hand, you, you mm-hmm. your your plastic gloved up hand if you show that then where's the mystique that's exactly. part of, that is a part of your personal brand eric exactly you got sometimes you just gotta keep the cards you know close to the chest and uh not let the ops see what you're doing at all times mm-hmm. that's why i'm a proponent of late posting i mm-hmm. often you know will post on my story sometimes up to a week later um you know i don't want you know, the fans knowing my whereabouts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also gives me time to, you know, develop the, the full picture of what I'm doing. Um, I can, I get airdrop picks from Bay, you know, mm-hmm. get to consider those in my posting as well. And mm-hmm. uh, you want to yeah, build the narrative. That. You want to keep, you want to keep them guessing, you know, mm-hmm. don't let your enemies wanna... like learn too much about you. Yeah, exactly. You do want to keep your enemies close, but um Oftentimes, I just want to, you know, craft the perfect story that I live this mm-hmm. I- idyllic life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's working, King. I will Thanks, say, King. though, like, wow, I like to keep a few cards close. Mm-hmm. When someone asks me what my footlong sandwich order was that day, <laughs> I spare no detail in mm-hmm. breaking down what I had assembled because I see mm-hmm. that is a different brand trait to be able to share the specificity and the relationship of the ingredients that I chose. Cause that is a, that is also a part, part of me and you. Mm-hmm. Very Virgil Abloh of you to, you know, reveal the sketches and to bring someone in on the process to mm-hmm. democratize design in a way that will not only, you know, better you, for being a teacher but to inspire the youth and let them know that they can do it too they can order marinara and veggie patty why not 
Yo, every sandwich that I make at Subway is for the 17-year-old version of myself. Absolutely. Um, you know, the 17 version of my 17-year-old version of myself was, you know, going through a lot of things. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. angsty. Um, you know, trying to get it a lot of protein in. Um, mm-hmm. had no uh regards to sodium. <laughs> <laughs> things like that. And I, I would say that I definitely challenge that when I enter or channel that, I should say, when I enter a subway. I think about the young Eric that was going to subway after the gym when, you know, he was in high school. Mm-hmm. You got that high school lunch break and you have a fiber in your pocket and that can get you a whole lot of inches. Let me tell you. Back oh, in yeah, the buddy. Day. Accurate days. Back in the day. Accurate days. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. You know, I knew full well that, you know, the Johnny A in my pocket was not going to get me 12 inches of sandwich, but I would still complain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd say, what happened to the $5 footlong, you fucking witch? Was the $5 footlong ever here? Or is that simply a collective myth we have assembled uh, as a way to long for mm. a time much simpler than it is today? That is a good point. I think it actually might be part of the Mandela effect. Like, mm. it's like the $5 footlong is in everyone's memory, but it actually was never a thing. Like, the it's collective like... memory. Yeah, it's kind of like the spelling of Bernstein Bears. It's like mm. everyone thought it was E-I-N, but it's actually A-E-N. And, mm-hmm. you know, we all just like thought it was one thing, but, you know, reality has a different take. Yeah, you are a spelling bee champion, Eric. Uh, Thank you. I, I am like Indian. The, I feel like we may have collectively gaslit ourselves into thinking <laughs> that this $5 foot long was some, it seems, um, but it unconventional unrealistic even that you can eat 12 inches of sandwich for the low cost of five dollars five canadian dollars even that's like two dollars american yeah it's like three pesos Mm -hmm. can you believe that we once thought that we could like go into a subway just pull a single bill out of your pocket and say i want the chicken bacon rand like the Mm -hmm. bacon alone on that sandwich is more than five dollars yeah, inflation is real. You could really, like, as you said, you had complete disregard for protein and sodium. You were living the, you were a, you were a pre-keto man. You, mm-hmm. you, you're a trendsetter of future diets. So if you think about that, Eric, walking in the subway mm-hmm. today, are you eating the diet of tomorrow? Uh, if you, if by diet of tomorrow, you mean, you know, genetically engineered um, lab-grown food, such as mm-hmm. the impossible meatball, uh, then the answer is no, because I avoid that shit. That is purely for you. <laughs> you and your type. You, <laughs> you avoid this, so you think. It's the um, illusion of choice, my friend. Because mm. I'd imagine that the Subway chicken, I bet it's more soy than chicken, Eric. I bet it's 60% soy, 40% chicken at best. So mm. if you think you're eating meat at Subway, you're probably gaslighting yourself. Mm-hmm. Different meaning to soy chicken. Um, no kidding. You know, we, we probably need to launch, you know, a New York Times investigation into this because I think we've been, we've been hammering away at the tuna for far too long. Obviously, it's not fish. It's not, not fish. It doesn't matter anymore. We know that bread is yoga, yoga mm-hmm. mat material. 
it's, hey, we it's should get. Cake. We should speak the. <laughs> we should speak the official definition of this. I looked it up the other day. The chemical in Subway's yogurt bread is called azodicarbonamide. <laughs> Do you want to s- repeat that back to me, Eric? Azodicarbonamide. Azodicarbonamide. So beautiful. Anyways, yeah, I mean, what were you saying? Uh. Honestly, didn't tell you. I think the illusion of choice is very real. Um, why do you think that is? Why do you think that customers are willing to pay to do more work? Like, it's like Korean barbecue. It's like, why am I making the food? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it, it, it's, a, it's such a, like, false choice because you get the world at your fingertips and you mm-hmm. continue to make the same sandwich every time you go in. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's like, we all we all know I'm ordering the same thing every time, but I'm gonna mm-hmm. be browsing, you know, the bread. I'm gonna be browsing the meats. Is this why Subway just, you know, is, is there a strategy for like cutting down on like the first decision you have to make? Like at Subway, they cut down the number of breads in half, mm-hmm. and do you think that is an attempt to decrease the barrier of entry? So once you've begun the process, there's less chance that you're gonna exit the process. Well. I feel like Subway is one of the the few situations where people don't uh, like abandon cart way through. Yeah, abandon cart <laughs> mid sandwich. But that is true. Probably part of my a... part of my junior UX brain. Well, I do think though that like you're probably correct about like the onboarding of like once you're in the system and you're like halfway mm-hmm. through checkout, you can kind of figure it out but it's where you how you start that's difficult it's almost 2022 eric and mm-hmm. there are still people that walk into subway today and have no clue what they're doing they look like they're a child lost in a walmart they're mm-hmm. freaking out they're looking all over the place that announcement comes on that says please come to the bread section right away eric yeah clean up an aisle me yeah um, yeah you're a mess <laughs> <laughs> So hold on a second. This is like my number one pet peeve when it comes to like places of business that I've never been that require like a level of understanding or onboarding. Mm-hmm. And like, you just like don't know what the fuck they're doing or talking about. Like when you go to like, I don't know, any any business that requires you to like initiate the first step or present some kind of documentation or like tell them what you want. They never give you any kind of options. They never say like, oh, would you like the herbs and cheese or the white bread? Like, how am I supposed to fucking know what, what to get? Yeah. But Subway, like everyone thinks they're Subway in that they are as iconic and long lasting that they don't need to tell you anything. Mm-hmm. They just stood the test. The only thing that's working for Subway is the, their permeance in the cultural landscape. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you got places like I don't know, like any fucking, like say Ikea, for example, like, mm-hmm. like I'm, they, they think they are Subway, so they are not going to like explain to you, oh, you need to like remember this little five number code and like grab your shit from the warehouse, like on the way out. Right. I don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> when you're in Ikea, you need to learn how to speak Ikea. It's like when I exactly. walk into the Reformation store and I want to try an item on and then they say, no, don't touch, don't touch the item. Go mm. pick your size on that computer screen. We'll meet you in the change room. 
that doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. I don't want to mm-hmm. speak Reformation or Reformation, but Subway, Eric. Subway mm-hmm. doesn't just speak Subway. Subway has made Subway the language of the people. We all kind of speak Subway. Everyone knows what a foot long is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the biggest benefactor to uh, the Subwayification of food is Chipotle. Like they mm-hmm. they fully like built their uh, food like ordering model off of Subway and then didn't even have to invest in onboarding. They just said, mm-hmm. just do what you do at Subway, but here. Choose yeah, that's fucking, true. Choose your medium, bowl, wrap, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, and they they took the moving. they took the format and ran with it. They're a derivative of Subway. Yeah, exactly. Subway birthed you, fucking losers. Yeah, fucking losers. Chipotle, Chipotle is my son. So what's really interesting <laughs> is that like don't make me you go could... get your get your mama to go talk to you now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take this two inches deeper now, Eric. So please. Typically, we have this kind of like. Um, upper intellectual class of people that always is trying to like exploit the rules or the language of the times to create poetry or maximally interesting material and media um and we usually see them as kind of like cultural trendsetters so is the subway language equivalent of that like ordering off menu is it like like ostentatious or like some sort of like wealth signaling to walk in a subway now with its like just plethora of knowledge in our world to mm-hmm. then go off menu on that like you're actually building new material in this space mm-hmm. like well, they're I like think, putting uh, chips on a sandwich or mm-hmm. ripping I on think the you are you are absolutely right I think um, you know ordering off menu at subway is a way to flex your no mm-hmm. you know you're flexing your your taste your knowledge um, i think there's like potentially three pillars to this right there's you know identity it's like what you were ordering at subway there mm-hmm. is aesthetics so like the value or quality of the things you're ordering and how way they, how mm-hmm. well they go together and also status mm-hmm. okay so status is you going off menu and riffing and like knowing what's what before you even right. step foot in the way. And you're really flexing you combine... on those artists. Exactly. So when you flex on the artists and you give them a little wink and they say like, oh, this guy's been here before. This guy knows what's up. Not only has he been here before, but he is so in the know that he's able to order without looking at the menu. And mm-hmm. the thing he's, he's getting is not even on the menu. Exactly. So combining those three pillars into the ultimate Illuminati triangle of Subway Mm-hmm. Um, that is like the best way to flex your taste. I would think so too, but perhaps it's an environment in which such taste making is kind of like, is it, does it even matter? Because like, it, do, it doesn't make sense to perpetuate taste in a blue collar environment. Like think about like, Are you sure. I, well, I don't know. Like I feel like <laughs> at, all, at the same time, Subway is really the only place you can really escape the pressures of projecting your personal brand this is like one of the few mm. places where you don't have to be the facade that you are on instagram like mm. you can only do this in a few places you can only be yourself in a few places eric subway mm-hmm. the bath a, a brothel true i think that's it i think those are all mm-hmm. the only places you could be yourself mm-hmm. 
as much as we like to claim that subway is a no judgment zone we we both know so well that it, we're judging people way harder at subway yeah than, it's true in most places so i don't know if it's all about like you know being one with the sandwich or one with your sandwich artist i think it's all about um you know juxtaposing a blue collar environment with your taste right and your and your know-how and your fit maybe in that case it is the most fertile space for that because what you're describing to me is gentrification eric (laughs) our job is to go and gentrify subway (laughs) is it gentrifying or is it presenting myself as somebody who is a potential mate Oh, you're, <laughs> you're so, doing a mating dance by it's a mating uh, flexing call. your yeah. double meat and yeah. a willingness to upgrade to avocado. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not only like, it's like when you like tip an Uber driver, it's like, it's like, I will never tip an Uber driver <laughs> because it's $1 more. Like I will, I will search the internet for an hour to find an Uber Eats discount code that will save me $1 off of shipping. But when it comes to buying this Acme coat, you already know it. the floodgates are open. Mm-hmm. And I think when you bring that mentality into a subway, which is a vacuum, the floor is so low. And so if you're even like just buying avocado, you know, potentially the IG model behind you is like noticing that because it's very, very different from the person in front of you. It's true. It's a, it's a low bar. It's really interesting. <laughs> You're a cut above. You are top shelf chicken at Subway if you <laughs> go for the signature meats. Mm-hmm. Top, top shelf salami over here, bro. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, yes. I'm always going. Yeah. I, I want the 1942 of of tofu. You know what I mean? Give me that. Give me that veggie patty. Yeah. Or perhaps the soy chicken is is the secret. Mm-hmm. Um, the soy I get chicken that, is a fantastic way to rebrand their half chicken, half soy offering. Mm-hmm. What, what a special place to splurge in that case and flex your individual taste because so little goes so far. Just like mm-hmm. $5 gets you 12 inches. Mm-hmm. One decision exactly. can set you apart from the other plebs in line as mm-hmm. the sandwich making genius that you consider yourself to be Mm -hmm, exactly maybe like in the middle of that illuminati triangle that i spoke to earlier is like just a dollar sign you know it's like all of these things revolve around money like if you have money you know you're able to experiment with like better ingredients therefore Mm -hmm. in introducing a higher aesthetic Mm -hmm. um you're able to go more times so you have a better understanding of the menu and therefore you're able to order off menu. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also identity is the last one. With more money, obviously, you can better craft your own identity. You're not limited with, you know, champion hoodies. You're absolutely right. I, unfortunately, though, at Subway, you, because all of the ingredients are mostly free, you're like a few extra Benjamins padding your Goyard wallet is mm-hmm. only going to get you so far. I think really at Subway, how you can set your part yourself apart with identity is through first mover advantage what you actually need to be if subway is truly a representation of trend is the one that came up with the new idea first like if you invented pre-toasting 
as in toast, which I'm going to call toasting before any meat touches bread, then like you had first mover advantage. You are now trendsetter. You are asserting yourself as a um, taste maker, pun intended, Mm -hmm. of Subway sandwiches. (laughs) I absolutely love that. I absolutely love that. I think, you know, one other way to potentially assert your, um, you know, fuckability at a Subway is to be as alpha as you can and mm-hmm. to not wait for the sandwich artist to ask you things. Like, you need to go in there and, like, before the toaster is even open with your sandwich coming out of there, I'll get the lettuce, tomato. You just got to start pointing at stuff, like, way ahead of where you actually are in line. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you just got to, like, build your sandwich and have this, like, quiet robot build it for you (laughs) Mm -hmm. none of the great thinkers are living in the present they're all living in the future exactly my presence is the present kiss my ass exactly beautiful that is beautiful what's your uh uh, what's your favorite way to flex your identity at subway my favorite way to flex my identity at subway is to I already know that you wink at the sandwich artist. Like you said, like, I want the marinara, but like on my veggie patty and then you wink. Yeah. <laughs> and then you look at me and you say, do you see that? <laughs> <laughs> um, I do like to feel like I am in control of my artist. That's how I flex. I like to exercise control over this human on the other side of the sneeze guard by mm-hmm. potent- by like breaking them from their like regular routine of sandwich making. So if I can make them undo or redo or do something unconventional, that makes me really happy. It makes me feel like I have power. Mm-hmm. I love so, doing unconventional things uh, in you know conventional places, such as mm-hmm. like a sandwich shop. Yeah, like well, you do uh, like a little bit more unconventional things than me. Like you seem like the kind of guy that might like jump the counter and start molesting the vegetables, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah here you know here you know i'm letting the bottega veneta zipper on my belt on my on my pants graze the chips as i walk by so just to leave my mark is this why jared liked subway so much because he could go in there and watch people <laughs> like cop a bunch of buns they're just like squeezing the buns dude jared for sure was you know subbing it behind the line and said you know let me bake some fucking bread today let me bake some yeah. cookies for the for the youths <laughs> can i grope some of those supple tomatoes mm-hmm. you're no mm-hmm. big wasted yeah sure man jerry was probably the most authentic of all sandwich eaters authentic is a weird choice of words um do you think you don't think jared's on, uh... based do you think uh, Jared was a frequent flyer with, you know, good old Bill Clinton on his way to Epstein's Island? You know, I don't think that Jared had enough clout to roll in the one percenter PJs. Like, I don't sure? think he was in that club. He was, was in the a good Subway chance. Super Saver Club. Super Saver. He's got food stamps. I think, um, I think it was a good chance that Jared was kind of like the village idiot amongst those, you know, one percenters. I think, um, you know, he was brought along for a cheap laugh and said like look at this fucking sandwich clown and like everyone knows him because he's like mm-hmm. in subway commercials so they said like well he's one of us i guess like he's not gonna snitch he's one of us so let's bring him on 
Oh, poor fumbling Jared. Yeah, I, I agree that he was probably like the the joke of of the one percenter group. Like, you've, we've all seen the iconic photo of him holding up his fat pants, and like that was a pretty pretty chuggy tone of blue. Those jeans. Mm-hmm, absolutely. You know, I didn't know the Gap made like size forty five waist, um, but you know, at least it wasn't a kid's kid size. That's a good point. Be thankful for that. Yeah. Well, Eric, uh, I found this episode mentally exhausting. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I I feel emotionally drained after um, talking to you about Illuminati and Jared. But for some reason, it feels like it's a full circle moment. So I think it's time to call it. And uh, you know what? Time to enjoy the holidays. What say you? Yeah, let's say you know, I'm ready to go sip on some uh, oat nog and, and spiced rum, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Ty's got the, the Hennessy VSOP under the tree, you know, and he's got the nog outside on the deck, chilling, ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, just don't forget the cinnamon on top. Oh, you know I won't. I got the black label in the bottle. I got I got the oat nog in the fridge, and I got the cinnamon sticks ready to go on the counter. So now all I need yeah. is an artist to assemble. Beautiful. Oh wait, that's me. Oh wait, it's a build your own adventure. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Broski. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs> ah, uh, ciao. Goodbye.